Hello and welcome back to Travel Day. This is episode 12. I am your host, Jackson Fell here with Nolan Faber. Got a great show for you. Iowa recap over Illinois. Big win for the Hawkeyes. Iowa State's lost to Texas at home. Nolan will jump all over that. Our CFB segment with our top six and our pickums, as well as our uh, basketball segment with Iowa and Iowa State, both men's and women's. We like to spread the love around here. And uh, we got trivia as our last segment, and no one is asking today, and I'm trying to make up for an 0 for 5 my last time out, so we'll see what happens. But uh, we've got Iowa football up next. It's time for our Iowa football segment. Obviously, biggest thing out of this W for the Hawkeyes with a 15-13 win over the Fighting Illini of Illinois is that they are Big Ten West champs of 2023, the last Big Ten West champs ever. Yeah, I mean, it's a good title to have, I guess. It's a sick title to have, and because we're probably not going to get back to the Big Ten championship in a very long time with these Pac-12 teams coming in. Yeah, so. I don't I don't really see in the <laughs> distant future it's gonna be bad. the next the time Iowa goes to a Big if, Ten championship. Hey, man, look, listen, listen. Maybe maybe we'll get some crazy recruits down the line, maybe in like the next 10 years. and then Yeah, we'll when just, Kirk's gone. Right, probably. Probably when Kirk's gone. But, I mean, Brian being gone might help. Who knows? Well, with these new Pac-12 teams, you're going to have to find an offensive-minded guy. That is correct. I mean, our defense is still going to have to be really good. And and I think that is a leg up that the Big Ten teams are going to have over these guys coming to the Pac-12 is their defense. Yeah. But uh, But you also need the offensive firepower to keep up. Such a powerhouse. Because, like, now you can't score two touchdowns. You're going to have to score three or four. Exactly. So, but that is a time for next year that we can talk about that. I'm just going to jump right into this. Uh, Iowa defense was a, obviously another factor, another huge factor, as they always are. A safety to begin the game that ended up being the difference, or to begin the game, but the first yeah. possession for the Illinois, at least. And that got me out of my, my seat. I was yelling. I was I was happy. And then it all kind of went downhill from there for a while. That was the game, too. That was the game. Um, I mean, Iowa wins by two, 15 <laughs> Exactly. I mean, um, we also had a missed field goal, given it was 53 yards away by Drew yeah. Stevens. That's a tough kick, but he it was not even close. Um, he didn't really look that great. No, uh, he did have a missed extra point. It was blocked. Still so, a missed extra special point. Teams, special teams problems, which is why that uh, that last drive for Illinois was so crucial is because we should have been up yeah. 16-13 rather than 15-13. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Deacon Hill once again proven some haters wrong. Uh, he, he played a really, really well-rounded game this yeah. game. Um, he even scrambled for a first down. And yeah, he did. by God, it was awesome. I know. And I was so elated. And I think everyone else that's a Hawkeye fan was as well. Yeah, no he was one, able to pull a few guys no too one, on the play. Exactly. No one expects him to do that. No. Like, he's a big dude. He doesn't usually scramble, doesn't run, anything like that. But he got he, the first down, kept the drive alive, and he throws a touchdown pass later that, that drive. So yeah. a beautiful pass, threads the needle. He did that quite a lot this game, actually. Um, yeah, he did, which was very impressive for him. Yeah, I know. He he's He's starting to, I think, get a little bit of touch on the ball. He's still throwing it awfully hard, probably yeah. too hard most of the time. However, I do think his accuracy has been has improved greatly. And so. I think that goes to what Brian Ferentz has done to scheme up easier passes for him, I yep, think. Yep, yep, yep. To kind of get him into the flow of the game quicker. And this game, I think, was the most confident he's looked back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deacon Hill, 19 for 29, 167 yards and a touchdown. So, like I said, great day. And that goes right into the rushing game. Uh, LeSean Williams, LeSean Williams, I should say, 16 carries for 54 yards. He was the top rusher. However, I think the big story was uh, Caleb Williams with the giant, massive touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Put the uh, Hawkeyes 
on top. The first and only, uh, really, that I can think of off the top of my head, explosive running plays that Iowa had that game, which it is was, surprising. Well, um, Williams had a 15-yard run. That was his longest. But, I mean, the running game had nothing going on until that big touchdown right. run. And, uh, and honestly, you could you could uh, argue that his rush to get the first down on third and eight later that, like, in the last drive was also huge because that allowed us just to kneel the ball win the game rather than giving the ball back to Illinois. Yeah. Well, we would have yeah. had a field goal, but and they the would have had a chance. that Illinois allowed that to happen – yeah, I, I don't know the what they were doing. You knew I was going to run the ball, and you just allowed them to get a just, first down. It was a giant hole, too. It was, giant. Yeah. It, was bigger, it was a bigger hole than the touchdown run. Yeah. It was unreal. Defense, I'm not going to lie. Like I said, they were huge. Joe Evans with some huge knockdowns at the line that won us the game at the end when, they, when Illinois went for it on fourth down. I will but, say, I think the biggest news, I don't know if we covered this. No, this we didn't even talk about it last week because it happened during the week, was Cooper DeGene is out. For the year. Did we not talk about that? I don't. I think it was during the week. It was, wasn't it? So we never got a That's chance right. to like. So yes, Cooper DeGene was down. On it. Yeah. Therefore, Keyshawn Lee was his replacement, who got a couple of games, a little bit of experience early in the year. Nothing was, to this extent. Nothing to this extent. And they, he was picked on. I mean, he yeah, was. He was I mean, picked on, rightfully so. That's what I would do. It's a good yeah. game plan. But honestly, he held his own. He gave up some good passes. Honestly, Paddock for Illinois behind the, the center was he's absolutely tearing ser- us apart. He's a serviceable quarterback. He was tearing yes. us apart on the short on the short routes, eight nine yard gains over and over and over again and somehow we only gave up 13 points yeah. so um i think it goes to the credit i think your defense had like eight or ten pass breakups a lot of pbus baby a lot of them and i love to see that especially i love to see that because our i don't feel like our pressure off the line was that great at, after the safety no. the safety was I on mean, a sack and that was your only that was our only sack yeah. i yeah. think wasn't it yeah the so, only sack and you had three tackles for lossy the tire there game. just wasn't any pressure on paddock it didn't feel like most of that game also iowa i believe had three dropped interceptions which I don't I don't know that so I believe it was three didn't have any turnovers in the game I know Castro I know that yes that's the one I want to touch on Castro it went through his hands hit him in the face mask and it was I mean it was right there and that probably that turns the tides earlier in the game than it actually ended up being that's one thing I didn't love from the defense was the drop picks another thing I didn't love from the defense was the the lack of discipline throughout the game mostly in the first half but they had a lot of penalties I mean, a as a lot. team overall, they did have a lot of penalties. Yeah, but they, I think how many was there? Uh, they wise? both had six. But I was related to seventy yards. Yeah, and I believe four of those were on the defense. There was some pass. Probably, there was some yeah. pass interferences. I believe there's a holding call. Uh, some offside. There's an offsides call as well. Yeah, um, there was a questionable call too. In right there. there the, yes. Okay. I will say Schulke did not rough the passer. That was not a not a good no. call by the Big Ten refs, but it happened. So it does equate for one of the penalties and fifteen of the seventy yards. Yeah. There was, I think, a holding. I think it was the defensive holding or the yep. pass interference that was questionable too. Mm-hmm. There was one we kind of got away with though early in the game. So I mean, it kind of evened out, I guess. Yeah. But uh, just uncharacteristic of Iowa's defense for sure. Uh, for Iowa as a whole to have that many penalties. So, yeah. but at the end of the day, a win's a win's a win. I'm gonna give Caleb Johnson and Caleb Brown uh, the MVPs on the offensive side, and Joe Evans on the defensive uh, for the most part. Obviously, like I said, Keyshawn Lee played a heck of a game. Jamari Harris actually had probably a career game um, in the secondary. The tackle for loss in the secondary. So. So a lot of good things from the defense, even though they weren't yeah. the most disciplined they could have been. Yeah. Um, I will give my take on the defense from what I saw yeah. as an outsider. I mm-hmm. should, in this case, the defense looked drastically worse without Cooper DeGene, which is, in my mind, kind of weird for how Iowa does their defense. Yeah. But when you look at it more closely, now the whole field is open for the offense in the passing game. Before, it was just half the field. Whatever side Cooper DeGene on, was on, they didn't even look that way. So now Iowa has to defend the whole field. Yeah, and they haven't done that in what two years, three years maybe with Something Riley like Moss that. back yeah. there. Yeah. So I think this will 
this is kind of new territory yep. for this defense. Caleb Brown was seven receptions and seventy-one yards a career day for him. The Ohio State transfer. He's got a very bright future at this at this program, and uh, I think he's going to do great things, especially with uh, hopefully a new uh, new uh, OC, new format. So we'll see. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, Hawkeyes get it done, fifteen thirteen, and they are your Big Ten West champions. Stick around for Iowa State football up next. And it's time for Cyclone football, a 26-16 loss to Texas at home, a night game. Nolan, what do you got? I'm not disappointed in the result, I'll say that. We weren't expected to win this game. I did not expect them to win this game. It was one of those games where you're like, maybe it just lines up perfectly to where things go right, because obviously they had to play perfect to win this game, and they did not play perfect. Rocco was really good. Uh, he did have one pick in the third quarter, which was a really bad read, but oh, overall he played fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, 323 yards, two touchdowns, nothing more you can a- ask out of this guy. He did not fold under the pressure against this top 10 team. Jaden Higgins, a career day, seven catches, 104 yards. I think next year he might be on Hutchinson level as a receiver. Really? He, he just, he's big... got he's got the build for it, okay. and he's got the deep ball All threat. Right. Well, remember you said that. I, I just I just had that feeling looking at him like early in the year, so it's not it's not a new thought for me. Okay, Bramer was really good for four catches for forty nine yards. Uh, we did draw up a really good fourth down play. Oh, it was in beautiful. that fourth quarter. Oh man, that was uh, just took I it right get, out of Kansas' I, I playbook. Credit. I texted you. Yeah. I was like, that was actually very very yeah. nice. And then I, I told you, I go, we stole that from Kansas, <laughs> and we did because that was the play Kansas beat us on in the in the fourth quarter on their last drive. It was. A fake QB sneak up yeah. the middle, and the tight end just leaks out wide open, and Easton Dean took it 66 yards to the house. If you can't defend it, steal it. The rushing game, what I expected. We weren't going to run the ball on this team. Texas probably has the best defensive line in the country, going going along with also their offensive line. Yep. I mean, their offensive line and defensive line look like SEC caliber players. Yeah, I, believe just, I think their offensive line has been together for yeah. uh, this whole year for sure, but this a lot of year. them are veteran guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nine yards total. I expected that. It mm-hmm. was, one thing with the running game that I did not like was too many first and second down runs. Yep. I think they just needed to buy in fully mm-hmm. to pass in the ball. 21 carries is too much in this game. Probably need to be around 12 to 15 yep. for us to have a, a greater chance of winning. But going back to like playing perfect in this game, there was too many mistakes overall. Going back to the third quarter interception, the first touchdown, the PAT was blocked and returned for two points. Yep. Huge. That was we had all um, we got well, momentum going exactly. our way, momentum and then gone. Sweat for Texas comes out of nowhere and just blocks the PAT. And that dude played; he's the best player. That the defense. dude's a monster. He's a monster. Huge. He's like six eight, three sixty for a defensive tackle. Yep. Can't get any perfect for a defensive tackle. I think no. size wise in that. Then we had a missed field goal. It was a fifty yarder, but it wasn't even close. And then Malik for Don dropped an interception in that first mm-hmm. half that yeah. would have gave us really good field position to either kick a, have a chance at a field goal or go down and score and take the lead at halftime at least put you tied at halftime if yes. not the lead yeah. and i think they went down and that's how they got their second field goal i think yep. it was on that drive mm-hmm. but i mean nothing to complain about kind of what you expected we're bowl eligible that's really it's pretty it's much, much all you part. need to think about for the rest of the years that we're already bowl eligible i mean at, at the beginning of the year i had us at three maybe four wins yeah because i didn't know what to expect but being ball eligible is really important for this team because you get those three extra weeks of practice. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if everything goes right in the offseason, you return 20 of your 22 starters. 
Yeah, that'd be huge. And stick with us as our college football segment with our top six picks and our pickums is up next. And it's time for our college football segment. We're going to start with our top six in the CFB rankings, our our personal opinions. Obviously, we're not experts, but uh, we try yep. our best, you know? So, no one, I'll let you go first. So, Georgia is going to stay at the top for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Agreed. back-to-back national champions, still haven't lost. Can't take them out of the number one spot. Exactly. Two and three is just going to be Ohio State, Michigan, interchangeable, how you see it. Okay. I don't really care who you put there. Mm-hmm. That's just who it's going to be. Florida State still undefeated, but they lose Jordan Travis to a dramatic injury. Just horrible injury. It was, it was awful. I mean, foots don't bend that way. Nope. And I think just because of that, even though they did win, they played a non-conference opponent. You have to drop them out of the top four. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to put Washington in at my four, Oregon at my five, and Florida State at my six. Okay. I think just the loss of of Jordan Travis is enough for them to be out of playoff contention. At this point, if you look at it, if I were to do my rankings, Florida State would be behind Oregon, Texas, and Alabama. They'd be ahead of Louisville at the eighth spot. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And it's my turn now for the top six. I'm going to, I'm going to honestly be very similar here. I mean, Georgia's my number one best team in the nation on paper and probably when I watch them. I'm not going to lie to you. Michigan is a close second. They're at my number two. I still think they're the best team in the Big Ten, and I still think that... How close is close? To Georgia? Yes. I think if they play each other in the national championship, it'll be a close game. I think it'll be, they can take it from them if they right. play their best football. Okay. And I'm not saying Georgia has to play bad either. Because yeah. I think Michigan's defense is, obviously Georgia's is great also, yeah. but Michigan's defense is fantastic. Their offense, yeah, it's it's sputtered a little bit yeah. maybe recently. But they always find a way. They find a way to win. To cl- it always clicks at the with end that, for them. With as many weapons as they have, I think they could they could beat Georgia. I definitely think they could. Yeah. So they're at my two. Ohio State's my three. Now, Ohio State-Michigan is a game this week. That is basically your Big Ten championship because yes. I love my Hawkeyes, but they are not going to beat either one of these teams. No. I'll be happy if they keep it close. That's my three. Four is – oh, man. I'm I'm going to put them – I'm going to put Oregon there. I really am. All right. And I know people might – I don't hate, disagree with that. Right. I, I think people are like, oh, well, their one loss. Da, 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 da. Their one loss was to Washington. Okay? Yeah. And that was week – I don't even know what week that was. It was like four it weeks ago. It was early ago. in the week. It was four It was weeks early ago. in the season, yeah. When, if and when, because I do think it will happen, Oregon and uh, Washington meet in the Pac-12 championship, Oregon will win that game because they are the most. They are one of the best prepped teams for every week, and they've already played them once. I don't see them losing to Washington again. I really yeah. don't. They have a better uh, defense that can, you know, shut down Penix at least a couple times in the game, and their offense is unreal. Bo Nix for Heisman, honestly, he's played outstanding this year. He's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they do have a tough one though. They yeah. got Oregon State this week. That but will be interesting. They're lucky it's at home. They are at home. Um, so those are my top four, which leaves us with Washington at, and at the five. And then I guess you could put – I'll put Florida State. Ah, dude, I don't know. I'll give them the six for this week. I think after this week, though, they're probably going to slide out of there. I mean, they, they only have one ranked win. Yeah. Or they have so, two, I guess. Okay. Four, LSU at the beginning of the year. So it was LSU first yeah. week, and then they beat Duke. Okay. So yeah, see, those don't feel – They're not outstanding. They're not as heavy. They're you know what I mean? They're not as heavy. No. So – um, yeah, they'll, I'll leave them at my six. Like I said, they'll probably slide out. It's time for our pickums, and uh, no one has them pulled up. We got a, a good week here, is what he says. I haven't actually looked at them, but we'll, we'll not, not we'll for see. me. Not, not for me. you. No, I went six and four, <laughs> and you went eight and two. Oh my goodness, that might be my best week. It is your best week, actually. Woo! I think it's tied with your best week. I'm not sure. Awesome, dude. Yeah, it's tied with your best. Huge week. brain in here sometimes. Sometimes, not all the yeah. time. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> so that puts you within one. 
Awesome. Um, for both the tiebreaker and overall. I'm okay. now 64 and 36. You are 63 and 37. Ooh. I've won five weeks, and you've won four. Okay, so big week here. Yes. Last uh, regular season week. First game, we got Ohio State. You know what? We'll come back to this game. This will be the oh, last game. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We'll come back to that All last right, that'll be our I last think one. we need more time to think about okay, that one. Okay, okay, okay. First, we got Kentucky at Louisville. I'm going to go with Louisville. I'm here. also going with Louisville. I, Louisville's got Louisville's here, dude. They're in the ACC championship. They are here. They're gonna. They might beat Florida State. I hope they kind of do. I'm kind of rooting they for might, them. They yeah. might. I like them a lot. They're they're really making up for a lackluster basketball program they got at that school. <laughs> Next, we got San Jose State at UNLV. UNLV. They've looked yeah. really good. Uh, they took down uh, Air Force this last week. Um, I think I think they got what just two losses this week this year. Yeah. So, um, very impressed by them in the group of five. Yeah, I went with UNLV as well. Next, we got. This is going to be a bloodbath. Okay. Northwestern at Illinois. What a game. What a game. I'm taking hold. Oh, I'm taking Northwestern. Here. I actually am too. They just became bowl eligible this past week. Last year they were one and eleven. Yeah. One and eleven. Not even Colorado could do that. Colorado was also one eleven. They bought in fr- freaking Deion Sanders and they couldn't get to a bowl. No. And Northwestern's going to a bowl. So good for them. Yeah. I'm rooting for them all and the way. This is Illinois' chance to get to a bowl game too. Yep, so I think so this will actually be a pretty good game. It'll be yeah. I Blood think, bath I is think, interesting. I think it'll be a good game, though. I think it will. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. In the all sense of things, I think this yeah. will be a good game. Next, we got Wisconsin at Minnesota. I'm taking, I'm taking Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Barely, but I am taking Wisconsin. However, they did, did just become bowl eligible after beating Nebraska this last weekend. Yeah, and they did struggle with them. Right. Minnesota, not struggle, but Minnesota lost to Ohio State, so you can't really talk about that one no. too much. But and I think... Struggle. I mean... They gave up two touchdowns to Nebraska on Nebraska's first two drives, and after that they shut them down. So their defense yeah. figured they were, it out. I'm going to say it. They were pretty good drives. Okay, dude. Right. I had to get the pun in there. Yeah, of course you did. Uh, if you didn't know, Brock Purdy's little brother, Chuba Purdy, is the starting quarterback now at what Nebraska. A name. What a name, by the way. But, yes, he did have a 50-something yard touchdown rush, so good for him. Yeah, and a 60-yard pass. Too, I hope he throws touchdown. four interceptions against Iowa this weekend. So, Well, I mean, he, of is, which a, I will he, be he is a Purdy, so he's probably not going to beat Iowa. I hope not, because I will be in attendance, and that'll make me very sad, because I have to go all the way to Lincoln for that. I hope not. Next, we got Virginia Tech at Virginia. I'm going Virginia, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, yeah. I, I don't know anything about either of those teams, to be honest. I don't. Either. I just know Virginia is not having a good year. I do. Yeah, I, I did know that. We get, now we got Jacksonville State at New Mexico State. I'm going New Mexico State here. I'm going to go Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State's having a great year. They're just behind. They're getting overshadowed by JMU with the – um, they were both FCS into FBS. They're both having great years. New Mexico State has looked good. I'll give they them that. They have nine wins. They just came off getting a bag against Auburn. Auburn. God damn, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'm still, I'll stick with it. I don't yeah. care. We'll go to the Jets. We need some State. variety. Yeah, we do. Next, we got Kansas at Cincinnati. Now, this one can be tough. Kansas. Why do you think that's tough? Who's quarterbacking Kansas? Kansas is winning the football game. I don't care who's quarterbacking. Yeah, I'm taking Kansas, too. Okay, then why were you making this? <laughs> Just to, to make so you dramatic think. about it, yeah. It's a, it's a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make yeah, you think yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean, that is a real question, though. Who's going to be the true, quarterback true, for Kansas? True, true, true. I mean, their third string looked decent, mm-hmm. but he's still the third string. Yeah. And Bean was a game-time decision, so I think he'll be back for this one. Yeah. Next, we got Clemson at South Carolina. Clemson. Yeah. South Carolina's not good this year. Mm-mm. Next, we got North Carolina at NC State. I'm taking North, North Carolina. Carolina. It's not a really good week. A lot of... Good to decent teams playing There's a lot of rivalry teams. games. Yeah, that aren't necessarily great teams, but the rivalry games nonetheless. Yeah. Other right. than of course Michigan Ohio State, which we're going to do right now. Here, here's the biggest one of the week: 
Ohio State at Michigan. Okay. Should we just say ours on three? Because <laughs> I don't want it to seem like either one of us is piggybacking up the okay, other. Okay, yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Michigan. Michigan. Okay, sweet. Okay, yeah. okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Um, Michigan's at home, and I just, I just, oh, man. I could be wrong because Ohio State's good. Ohio State's got a lot they of fire actually, now. They are because really Did you good? see what Ryan Day came out with, his statement? No. He said he would feel really embarrassed for his team and himself if they lost to an interim head coach. Okay, dude, whatever. I, and I can kind of see where that's coming. I get it, but Michigan's got the same fire because they're pissed about Harbaugh, even though Harbaugh's the one that agreed to it, and I don't. they're playing victim for something they should be playing victim for, but whatever. Yeah. Either but, way, they both got fire, and it's at Michigan. I'm taking Michigan. Yeah, I, I'm taking Michigan, too. I just think, And it's a, it's a travesty that that's an 11 a.m. game, by the way. Yeah, I, I also just think Ohio State, I just don't think their offense has been very lackluster with quarterback play, mm-hmm. and Michigan's defense has been really good, if yeah. not probably the best in the country. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see them being able to put up a lot of points on this Michigan team. No. And I think Michigan's going to run all over them. I think just be petty and just run all I over agree. them. Not much variety. We picked the same team for nine of the ten games. Okay. The only variety is New Mexico State <laughs> and Jacksonville State. State. All right, cool. All right, well, uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, stick around for our college basketball segment for Iowa and Iowa State up next. And welcome back to the college basketball segment. We've got Iowa and Iowa State. We're going to start with Iowa, and we're going to start with men's. Um, Since our last episode, Iowa fell to Creighton, number eight in the country at Creighton. That was a better game than I thought it would be. It was a fantastically played game on both sides. Dude, I was getting tired watching that game. Seeing all these guys run around at that speed for that long. The pace was incredible from both, from both, uh, both teams. Iowa played amazing. Honestly, for what I thought they were capable of, they were down 17 at one point, came back, pulled within, I think it was three, maybe even, I can't remember, but it was close. Um, So the score, honestly, I know it says eight, but I think five or six of those were free throws at the end. So Yeah, it was uh, was a very close game. The game game. was closer than what the score says. And uh, like I said, they played phenomenal. Uh, The second half, Iowa played phenomenally, but... Creighton was elite. They at one point they were seventy something percent from the floor in the second half. In so, the second I half, I think they came out in the second half. They were like eight for eight and like seven assists on those eight shots. It was just something so stupid. And then I mean, when when a team of that caliber is playing like that, it's very hard to beat them. So, like I said, yes. I'm not disappointed at that result at all. I'm very glad we kept it close and played mm-hmm. a good game. And Creighton is a sleeper for the national championship this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they, they look fantastic. Yeah. They really do. And they're one of the oldest teams mm-hmm. in college basketball right now. For that game, you had Cricky with 24 points. He was automatic yeah. from the jump I mean, shots. His, his, if he gets an open mid-range shot, he's probably not going to miss the rest of the year. McCaffrey with 13 points. Uh, Peyton Sanford with 11. Bowen with 2. Perkins with 16, which was good to see. He got his point total up just a tad bit there. Yeah. Um, so those are your starters. Still a lot of questionable decisions right. on the offensive I, end. I would it. agree with that. Um, at one point, and at one point we had like no starters in there, I think with like f- six minutes left in the game, which was kind of weird, but yeah. at the same time they didn't play bad. No. It was a lot of freshmen and some guys that haven't had a lot of experience, and even Fran said that, I think. I think it was Fran. Somebody said it, and they were like, well, we're putting those guys out there that aren't our starters, and they're competing, yeah. and they're having, they're they're playing well against number eight eight team yeah. ranked in the country and basketball is a game of runs exactly if you got a group of guys on the floor that are making a run you're not going to take them out if right. they're doing things that you want them to do they're not messing up they're not mm-hmm. making mistakes they're going to play in the game more yep 
18 points off the bench for Iowa in that game between Dembele, uh, Freeman, and Price Sanford. Um, everyone got minutes, though, that's on that team. So yep. good for them. The other game of the week uh, for Iowa basketball since our last episode was Arkansas State with a 88-74 to win for the Hawkeyes. You know, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch this game, wasn't on TV, but what I saw on Twitter was that Iowa's rebounding was quite bad. Um, and it shows in the stats. Arkansas sh- State yeah. rebounded them 44-39. to 39. It was not good. Arkansas so State had 16 offensive rebounds. That's going to be something that they're going to have to clean up. I mean, they're just going to have to. And I know it's not a great team in Arkansas State. I think it's just the defensive side in general. Right. They just. I mean, you shouldn't give up 74 points to Arkansas State. It was quite concerning, honestly. Great we got a win and all, but not not great. Uh, Cricky with another 25 points. That guy's going to be huge for us this year. Uh, McCaffrey with 10. Uh, Peyton Sanford with 7. Struggled. Yeah, he did. He didn't have a great game. Uh, 2 of 10 from the field. Didn't make a 3. Didn't make a 3. 0 for 4 from 3-point range. Bowen is a surprise here. Bowen uh, was 17, 17. yeah. That, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, yeah. that's huge. That I'll take that all day long, baby. Yeah. Take your free points, charity stripe. Uh, Perkins had 11, so dropped back down. But again, I'm, I'm okay with 10 to, 10 to 16 points for Perkins each game. I'm cool with. Yeah. I mean, he's a ball handler, and he's a leader. So If he can keep that turnover margin at 1 yep. to 2, mm-hmm. I think he'll do just fine. Just the one turnover in that game for him. I think looking at this game and probably the other games that are kind of a concern is the assist numbers. Yeah. A lot of one-on-one play, mm-hmm. which when you get into conference play is probably not going to be the key to success. I agree. Um, another 18 points off the bench, actually, which is kind of kind of weird, kind of freaky. Uh, Josh Dix had 10 of those, however, so yeah. that was good to see from him. So Perfect uh, from the field, 5-6 yeah. from the line. Like I said, that... Those uh, freshmen and underclassmen are going to be going to be big off the bench this year, and they're just showing why the future's bright at Iowa. Coming up for the men's basketball team this week on uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving Thursday at two o'clock on Fox Sports One is Oklahoma, and that is a tournament. They got probably two or three games in that as long as they keep winning, of course. But I think that Oklahoma team, you know, that could be an interesting game. I it think that'll be. be good. I think that'll be a good, it's uh, it's good another, test for them. It's another test for this exactly. team. Yeah. Moving on to Iowa women's. A somewhat disappointing two games since our last episode. I would say it's really disappointing two games. Yeah, Kansas State beats Iowa sixty-five to fifty-eight. Just not a good game from the, the Hawkeyes. I mean, no, it was awful to watch. To be honest, um, not awful, but it it was just it seemed slow. It seemed sluggish. It wasn't the same same fire. Caitlin Clark with twenty-four points, and that's a bad day for her. Well, I mean, it was still they tried a bad to put, day. Right. Nine of 32, two it was of 16 a lot from three. A lot of three-pointers and a lot mm-hmm. of missed field goals. I think what you said it was like the young the young girls on this team did not look ready for the close game scenarios, and mm-hmm. they were just trying to get the ball to Caitlin, and it was put yeah, on all of her shoulders. Exactly. Too much reliance on Caitlin. She can't do everything. You no. can't ask her to do everything all the time because at some point she's still a human being. She's not yeah. a machine. She does get tired, and you could tell in some of her shots her legs were stiff. She was tired. She couldn't quite get the ball where she wanted it, and she was leaving some short. You you had no one else in double digits. Um, that was a starter. You had one double digit off the bench in Davis with ten, but other than that, highest was a nine from Stolke uh, out of your starters. It, like I said, not a great game. Kansas State credit to them played the heck of a ball yes. game, and uh, they took it to Iowa. And I think that's a wake up call. And I'd la- rather have that early in the it, year than late in the yeah. year. So you'd rather have it now, yeah, because I mean they only dropped a fifth in the rankings. So mm-hmm. the people in AP didn't count this as a bad loss. Right. But what this game, and I think the next one too against Drake, shows is that you need to find a second score. 
Because if when it comes down to it, it's going to be Kaylin Clark getting the ball and shooting the ball 30 times, you're not going to win the game if she's shooting the ball 30 times. Exactly. And uh, that other game, that, as you mentioned, was Drake. A 113-90 victory for the Hawkeyes against a fairly decent, fairly, I mean, honestly, you could say good Drake team. I mean, they're not a bad Drake, team. Drake is always up there in the Missouri Valley. Yep. Always a contender to win that conference. And they've, they've had a couple 21 seasons here. Yeah. For that Drake game, Clark with 35 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 7 steals. I mean, she was back in form, which was yep. great to see. But also, not only that, but Martin with a career-high 25 points, 10 of 12 from the field, was awesome Awesome to see. Goodman, 15 points, 7 of 10 from the field. Davis with 10 points as well. She had 3 assists. Fierbach with 7, seven points. Uh, a falter with 5 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, which is pretty big. And then uh, McCabe with 6 points. So... It felt like they got more on pace. They got more to yeah. where they need to be for this I mean, game. I mean, you had that second score. Right. I think that just shows it's, what you can do when you have that second score. Yes. That second and third score, especially if one of them's off the bench, is even better because mm-hmm. then you can provide a spark when maybe Kaylin needs a rest. You still have someone to go to with the ball to get points. Mm-hmm. It just has to be more consistent at this point. Iowa women's has Purdue-Fort Wayne um, on the 24th, which I believe is the Friday. At 6.30, and then, uh, you know, they'll have Bowling Green on the 2nd, which is a whole week off. So, uh, lots of, uh, almost over a week, actually. Yeah. So, a little bit of a break here coming for the Hawkeyes on the women's side. I think they'll use it to tighten some things up, obviously rest their bodies. They've kind of had a, a, I don't want to say a gauntlet, obviously, with who they're playing, but just the fact that they're playing a lot early, a lot of games early. And they got Iowa State on the 6th of December, so that's coming right up, so... Yep, gonna that'll, have to. that'll be win for Iowa. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens, but stay tuned for Iowa State basketball up next. It's now time for Cyclone basketball, and Nolan has stuff on the women's and the men's, and I believe he is starting with women's. So what do you got? I am starting with the women. They didn't play this week, so really nothing to talk about. Exciting stuff. I think. The only thing to talk about is there was no news on Emily Ryan coming back. So still don't know a true timeline of when she's going to be back on the floor, and she needs to be back on the floor for this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the last, the, their first two games from what I saw, they're very young, they're playing a lot of freshmen, and they're still not quite ready for it. Yep. But they do play tonight. They got Southern at home at 630. So I guess we'll see what they've been able to improve on during this full week of practice. Mm-hmm. Moving over to the men's side, they moved to 4-0 after beating Grambling State last yesterday. It was a butt whooping, 92 <laughs> to 37. It was it was bad. Yes, it was a was it 55 point victory. Iowa State these past four games has shown they deserve to be ranked. In my opinion, they should be ranked, and the stats and the statistics show for itself. In a statistics world nowadays, the stats have proven themselves it's, that they deserve to be ranked. I, I see where you're coming from. It's just tough for me to rank them right now when they haven't played anybody. I can see that. But my counter-argument to this is, you look at other ranked teams that are playing teams the right. same caliber. Right, right, right. They're not doing what Iowa State is doing. I Yes, but it's just hard. It's hard for me to slide someone in there when they don't have the credentials quite yet. That's non-statistic, obviously, of course. But it's just hard for me, as a if I was on the committee, to be like, yeah, let's put them in. They've played absolutely nobody but they've pummeled them so yeah like i just i don't know about that i just mm. i mean you could like when you look at like the advanced metrics iowa state's adjusted offensive efficiency 
when you look at like the Ken Palm rankings, which is what everyone looks at when you're looking at advanced statistics, is mm-hmm. the amount of points you'd score in a hundred possessions. Like if you had hundred possessions in the game, this is the points you would score. Yeah, Iowa State is at a hundred and ten, and that is fifty third in the nation. This is the highest they've ever been under Otzelberger. They're usually around the hundreds area. Okay. Then you look at their adjusted defense, which is the amount of points you would allow in those 100 possessions. They would be allowing 88 points per game in those 100 possessions. That's third in the country. Dang. Okay. I mean, you can't argue it either. I mean, if you look at all four games, each game, the team they've played has turned the ball over more times than the field goals they've scored. (laughs) And they're winning by an average margin of 45 points. Yeah, that's pretty big. But I don't know. I just want to see them against competition. That's all all I'm saying. We'll get to see that this week. They play VCU on Thursday. If they win, they play Boise State, whoever they play down in Florida. And then if they win that game, they'll probably play FAU FAU or Texas A&M, and they're both ranked teams. Okay. All right. So I I hope they win just for that because I want to see them against a ranked opponent, quite frankly. Me too. I want to see what how this defense stacks up against fast, more of a fast-paced offense. And I think both those teams play faster than what they've played already. Yeah. So digging deeper into the game this week uh, against Grambling, Milan Monchilovic had 13 points. He's been in double figures all four games, which is really nice to see. Rob Jones got his first start of the year due to the fact that Hassan Ward is out for the rest of the non-conference schedule with a foot injury. Oh, geez. That is a big loss. Yeah. That is their that is their rim protector. That is their length on the inside. He just causes havoc, whoever he's guarding with. But Rob Jones has been efficient enough to where he's earned the starting role. Mm-hmm. Like I said last week, I think he's three times the player he was when he came on campus three years ago. But he sh- it showed on defense. He had two steals and three blocks, which is really good to see. He's filling in that Hassan role really well. Trey King only had six points, but he had eight rebounds. And Otzelberger challenged him at the beginning of the year to lead the Big 12 in rebounds and He's on pace to do that this year. Lipsy, 17 points, 9 assists, another great game. I think that will be the norm for him this year. He's shooting the ball with confidence at every level, and he's, again, him shooting threes with confidence is really going to open this offense up. Agree. Keyshawn Gilbert with 13. He struggled a little bit, got to the rack, 5 for 5 on free throws. That's how he's, I think he's going to get most of his points. Mm-hmm. Curtis Jones off the bench with 14 which was really nice to see. He has struggled shooting from three the first three games, and he was three for six in this game, which hopefully will lead into more success going on in the season because this was his job when he came to Iowa State. He was going to be their three-point shooter off the bench, kind of like yep. a Caleb Grill type mm-hmm. guy. The big news in this game, which was I think my favorite part, was Omaha Blue having the best game of his season by far. 14 points, six of seven from the field, had three rebounds of steal. Jeez. He looked more fluid like he was able to play at different speed at different speeds okay and that is what i wanted to see from him as he went on from the first week yeah nothing to complain about mainly got vcu on thursday should beat them and then i guess we'll see in the next two games of that espn invitational all right well that's all we've got for iowa and iowa state stick around for trivia up next All right, it's time for trivia. Nolan is asking the questions, so I'm going to try to answer them correctly. That's how this works, in case you guys weren't aware. Uh, last time didn't go so well. I was 0 for 5, and uh, Nolan, I mean, Nolan last week only went 2 for 5, so yeah, I'm not bound to die a lot. It's a big victory. It's, it's a big victory. still a big victory. So, uh, you should get at least one. <laughs> That's fantastic You're going to get one news. right. I know for fantastic a fact you're going to get news. one. Fantastic news. Okay, go ahead. All right, so the topic this week, since it is that time of the year in baseball, 
yeah. it's free agency. Mm-hmm. So this is related towards MLB free agency throughout the whole time. The, the latest question I have is it's all 2000s based. Okay. So it's pretty recent. Okay. First one is a Cardinals question. Okay. Which player signed the largest contract in Cardinals history? Paul Goldschmidt? That is incorrect. Who is it? It is Matt Holliday. Matt Holliday? Really? I think, from what I remember, he signed an $170 million contract in 2010. That surprises me. Yeah. Actually. I think think Paul was third on that list. Okay. And Pujols was second. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Matt, good for Matt. All right. This is the one that I think you should get. Okay. Who signed the biggest contract in LB history related to the amount of money they signed? The amount of money? The total money in that contract. Wasn't it Shohei? That is incorrect. Who is it? It's Mike Trout. Really? He signed that 13-year, $426 million contract. I thought. I honestly thought Shohei signed for more. I ain't gonna lie. Shohei might get more. Shohei offseason. will get more, but you remember, Shohei was an international signing. True. He got 180. Okay, well, this question is going to be updated in the next, like, three months, so whatever. Yeah. And it will be Shohei, and I will be correct. Next one. I hate this. Who signed the biggest contract in LB history related to AAV? So, per year. How much money is he making per year? This one is really recent, within the last couple of years. Mike Trout. No. It is Max Scherzer when he signed that two-year deal or three-year deal with the Oh, Mets. my gosh. I was expecting a 43, big... He was getting 43-point-something a year. I was expecting year. a long contract. No, you got to remember. Freaking two years. Per year. The per-year value. Dude, numbers are not my forte. All right. 0 for 3 so far. Shocking. Okay. Now we're going into trades. So no more contracts. Okay. Okay. What year was Alex Rodriguez traded to the Yankees? I'm going to go with... 2007. Incorrect. 2004. Man, I was late. Okay. I actually was thinking about four, but that's all right. Whatever. This is going well. Last one. Along with Francisco Lindor, who was traded from Cleveland to the Mets in 2021. It's not a minor league piece, is it? No, it's a major league guy. Okay. Carrasco. You are correct. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I dude, I thought he had been traded earlier than that. To be honest, no, nope. he was the he was the other only other piece in that in that deal. Well, at least I got one, and I'm shocked I got one. All right, that's gonna do it for us on episode 12 of Travel Day. Uh, did not have a great trivia there at the end, but uh, we hopefully regroup and make Nolan have really hard questions next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am Jackson Van Pelt along with Nolan Faber. Goodbye.